we are live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second joint collective session together with our friends uh, from H2C. We are very excited to be bringing today's session where we're going to be discussing the key findings from H2, H2C's Global Hospitality Study, which is providing great insights into hospitality distribution trends and distribution management. And as usual, we have some great guests who are joining us to discuss the latest report findings. First up, let me introduce Kristen Hensel. Kristen, how are you? It's lovely to see you here. Kristen is director at H2C. Lovely to see you. How are you? Hello. Thank you, Andre. Um, yeah, excited to be back. <laughs> Indeed. It's great to have you back too. And we also have Frederica Vin Vinkovsky, who is Senior Manager at H2C. <laughs> Frederica, I'm sorry, I may have mixed up your, your surname there. No worries. <laughs> typical Australian style, so I apologize. <laughs> How are you? Thank you. Good, thank you. Very good to good. hear to be here. Very good. Thank you. And then we also have joining us from Althoff Hotels, Miss Angelika Viban. Angelika is Group Director of Revenue and Distribution at Althoff Hotels. Angelika, lovely to see you here. Your first yeah. collective session. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much. And I'm really thrilled to be part of this. I'm very excited. Yes. Brilliant. Well, it's great to have you joining us. So thank you for, for making the time. And then last but not least, we have Mr. Jens Engelmann, who is Director of Distribution at Pandox. And Jens is no stranger to our collective sessions either. So Jens, great to see you here. How are you today? All is good. Thank you. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Very good. So as I mentioned, we're here to discuss the key findings from the last report that uh, H2C have produced. And we're going to be covering topics like distribution trends that are impacting the industry and, and what are the distribution systems that are being used by hotels at a chain level. Um, I think it's very important to mention that for today's session that we are talking from a chain level on. It's actually not for standalones or independents that these results and all of the conversation that we're having is based around chain uh, situation. So I think that's very clear to, to, to establish. We're also going to be talking about what's the share of online versus offline, best of breed versus fully integrated solutions within our hotel distribution, and of course, what should be leading, what should be leading the leading system in distribution. Uh, so really, lots to talk about, and I'm very excited about this. And I know we've got some really interesting results from the survey coming up. So, Kristen, let's start with you. You've prepared some slides that I'll bring into the conversation for everybody to see. Um, now, I'd also like to just mention before you get started that from the survey results, we had or you had 96 different hotel chains who contributed to this uh, this report in this instance. That makes up a total of almost two and a half million rooms, which I really think is a fantastic result given uh, the, the circumstances that we're all facing at the moment. So great, great result. And I think the that, that only enhances and enriches the, the, the data that we're going to be looking at. So Kristen, <coughs> I think I've spoken enough. Over to you. <laughs> Why don't you introduce us to these slides? Sure. Thank you. No, yeah, absolutely, Andre. Uh, we were really uh, happy to have so many hotel chains uh, participating uh, this year again. We've been uh, conducting uh, our reports and studies uh, for uh, five years now. So we actually started in, in 2017 with our first study and uh, we had the topic uh, CRSs um, uh, there. And we were uh, thinking and brainstorming about the topic for 2023. Uh, two, and we thought, well, let's see what has changed over the last five years. So we decided to to do uh, a second edition, so to say. However, when we were putting together the survey, we thought that we'd broaden the topic a bit more, and uh, so we named the the study Global Hospitality Distribution, so because we wanted to include some of uh, more broader questions on distribution technology and generally in general and not only focus on, on the CRS as such. So, and as we will see in some of the slides today, uh, the CRS is, is and will not be the, the main distribution system for some of the chains anymore. So uh, really, really exciting uh, feedback that we had. But uh, to get to your, to your uh, slide that everyone is seeing at the moment, uh, yes, thank you again for pointing out that the study was only focused on hotel chains, so independent hotels were, were not a part of it. 
So we had 96 hotel chains uh, participating, and uh, that is across uh, four different regions that we analyzed. So that's Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, the US, and Asia Pacific, uh, the Asia Pacific region. And we conducted uh, online surveys, but we also uh, did some interviews. So in total, we have 75% of the respondents being small chains. And small chains, we classify as hotel chains with three or more properties. And then for the medium-sized chains, those are chains with up uh, 99 properties. And those make up 16% of the hotel chains that participated. And then last but not least, anything above uh, 100 uh, properties is then classified as large chains. And we had uh, nine of those participating. And yeah, that makes up a 90% of the total properties and rooms count. However, if we look at it in terms of the participating hotel chains, that only makes up the, the 9%. Yeah, so, so those were um the participants again thank you again uh, to everyone out there that participated in in our study uh that that helps make this study possible and um, i also wanted to mention that we are brainstorming for our new topic for 2023 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we would really really appreciate um if uh, some of you have some ideas for what the next study topic could be and we've prepared a, a little survey um where you can just drop your ideas so i think um yeah yeah, think, really uh, leah, leah will put the the link to that survey into the comments section now for everybody as well so that you can you can have a look at that and we'll also bring it up again at the end of the session for everybody so that you can have an opportunity then as well so very good okay well listen that sounds really really interesting so um when it comes to this uh, i guess the breakdown then um kristen and frederica please also um would love to hear from you as well perhaps let's let's hear from frederica as well now that kristen you've given us the introduction let's hear from frederica and, and get her thoughts on the survey as well yeah, thank you. Um, maybe just highlighting the main study findings at the beginning. Um, the CRS usage varied. Um, so about nine in 10 large chains used the CRS as a leading system. And in contrary, nearly six in 10 small chains rely on their PMS to control distribution. Um, of, of those chains using a CRS, um, two in 10 question the CRS usage today and um, costs are becoming increasingly important when picking a CRS system and um, what is also very interesting big chains pass on costs so 64 percent of chains pass on their elevated costs to the guests and which large chains um, much more inclined to do so versus smaller chains so this is to summarize the main study findings before we dive into some of the key findings in more detail. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Frederica. All right, so why don't we um, dive into the, the next, should I go to the next slide now, Kristen, for, yeah, sure. for, for, for the detail? Okay, very good. So we're talking about the employed systems now. So uh, it's the typical breakdown, um, the usual suspects, you could say. But I think uh, some of the results here were quite interesting as well, uh, Kristen, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Um, so we've, uh, what we've done, uh, with, we compared uh, some of the findings from 2017 to the ones that we, uh, that we had in our 2022 study. So um we can definitely see that uh, there's been some changes uh so ibs and channel managers of course they they clearly lead which is no surprise all of the hotel chains use an ibe and, and a channel manager uh in terms of crs usage that has declined slightly actually by by four percentage points versus 2017. so um we had 76% of the hotels using uh, crs today and in terms of channel managers uh, and their usage, uh, that has actually increased by nine uh, percentage points versus 2017. And uh, yeah, so CRSs uh, see a large gap in the category of small hotel chains, as almost one third of them do not use a, a CRS today. 
Um, also interesting to see was uh, the revenue management systems and the CRMs because their usage was significantly higher in 2017. So less than half of the small chains uh, employ a CRM today. And uh, most large and mid-sized hotel chains use a revenue management system today. Um, however, in terms of the small chains, only more slightly more than half of the, the small chains uh, do mm. so. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Why don't we bring Angelica in here at this point as well and just get some feedback from someone that's actually really on the ground and, and using these systems. Uh, Angelica, you've seen these results now, and I, I know you've, you've studied them and you've had a bit of time to absorb them. Can I get your thoughts and, and, and your impressions on these? And could you give us a bit of, a, I guess, a background on how Althoff is applying these technologies uh, to your operations on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, um, as we all know, we had the pandemic and um, I, I, we questioned during the pandemic as well the systems we used. Um, and I could imagine that other um, properties did the same. So how useful, for example, could uh, a revenue management system be during a pandemic when the, the hotels are closed, when um, the demand completely changed? Um, and revenue management system are very high um, cost intensive. So that could have been a reason why people decided maybe to cut uh, the system to save costs, but also because nobody knew how the, how long the pandemic will last. Uh, from Alto's point, uh, we sticked to the uh, to, for example, to our RMS because it allowed us to have access to all the properties. Um, we still use mainly um, server-based PMSs. So they are um, set up in the hotels, um, which didn't give us a good opportunity to have access to the system. So we used our RMS, for example. Mm -hmm. So we stick to the RMS, we continue to use it. Um, Obviously, yes, we have to change the setup as such that or we can't use the historic data as much as we could do that in the past. Um, but for me, that is a, an example or could be a reason why people or uh, properties cut down. Same to a CRM, office, often very cost intensive. So yeah, during the last years, we, we needed to focus as well on cost savings. So maybe nice to have systems which were on the rise before the pandemic were cut down and people focused on only must-have systems which also could in, explain the reason why for example channel manager is on the rise because you don't have the people anymore so you need to have at least a, this kind of system in place that helps you to be more efficient in your in your work environment mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I was actually going to ask that question as well, is that given the increase in the usage of channel managers, what, what, what would be the primary reason for that, in your opinion? And so thank you for answering that in advance. Um, but, but let's just go to Jens as well and find out from Jens what his perspective is, because I, I, I think, uh, Jens, you, you probably, um, well, before I assume anything, let's, let's hear from you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I totally agree on the, on the, on the revenue management usage that that Angelica mentioned there, I mean, they they revenue management then really were really confused, right? When when the pandemic came, but also right now uh, in the way that the market has recovered so quickly, so so you can still see that. So that's that's definitely I think something that didn't surprise me so much that it could it, it went down. Uh, I'm a little bit more surprised, I think, with the, both CRM and loyalty being uh, a sort of less of a, a employed system. Yes, uh, probably the, it has a cost factor, uh, but uh, uh, at least the, the, in our uh, in our vision, how we manage, we have seen both CRM and loyalty being uh, increasingly important during this time uh, because we we understand that. Uh, uh, a lot of the CRM usage is also for a certain a certain type of traveler. Uh, so for our retail online traveler, which has been a very important market during the pandemic, uh, these systems are really key in order for us to to uh, improve the, the guest experience, but also drive more direct, right? So 
So a little bit surprised, I have to say, to see uh, to see CRM dropping to that extent. Uh, mm. While I think with regards to booking NGM channel manager CRS, uh, I think there's there's a natural shift between channel management and CRS. They're very overlapping functionality, mm. right? Mm. So so I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's also interesting to see the, the the increase in the channel manager usage, especially by the chain level, because typically, I mean, when, when channel managers originally came out, they were more, I think, designed or, or focused to, towards smaller operations independent mm-hmm. so that they could manage their channels without worrying about constantly monitoring them. Uh, so it's very interesting to see the uh, the pickup by the, the large groups on that. The other thing I found interesting with this slide was the, the split between the IBEs being standard usage of standard IBEs as well as the custom IBEs. Uh, Kristen, I, 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 I'm curious about that. Has that, has that changed from previous uh, surveys or is that fairly consistent? Um, we are. Good question, Andre. <laughs> um, I, I don't actually know at the top of my head. We, we have to uh, look it up. I, I can't remember if we um, asked that question in 2017 However, I think in 2019, we did an IBE study. Mm-hmm. And we should have some findings there, right, Frederica? Okay. Yes. Um, maybe maybe, maybe uh, Michaela on the background can, can quickly look <laughs> through that and, and leave us a comment. Uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot with that one. But I do find that interesting that um, the customized solutions are around, I think if I can see that correctly, 30%, right? So that's that's an interesting yeah. stat I, I find. Um, right, yeah. um, Angelica, when it comes to your booking engine, are you using a standard version or have you customized yours? No, we are using uh, a standard version, obviously designed in our um, corporate identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, it's it's there is as, obviously as well the question of cost. If and um, yeah. You with customizing an IBE, which we always have thought about it, you obviously need the the the, the right people to do so to have the knowledge, yep. and which is always a challenge. You it needs to fit into your system landscape. Mm. So that's a nice to have booking engine, but if it doesn't have the right interfaces to your PMS or CR, CRS or your channel manager or whatsoever, you keep on struggling. And um, so when we went out with an RFP, I think in 2017, actually, when we decided to have a look at how we can improve our system landscape, that was a huge issue to find the right uh, solution that could fit into our landscape. Now, you can obviously question whether that's the right way to look at things. But if you're a smaller change with not so many uh, people, you, you can't just change the system completely you know you need to go no. step by step and that's why we went with a with a, a standard ibe that fitted the best into our setup and to be honest yeah. we are very pleased with the solution so we are looking at the decision from today's point of view it was mm. the right one mm. i mean whatever will be in the in the future we'll see but um looking backward that was the right move to do Okay, perfect. All right, well, let's move on to the next slide because uh, this is also, I think, an interesting one to, to go through. So, uh, Frederica, would you like to perhaps just uh, talk us through this one a little bit? Sure, yeah. Let's look at the online versus offline um, bookings. Um, so, online is leading with 59% today and IBE shares have um, doubled versus 2017. They are now at 20%. And um, the OTA business here, including the online um, wholesalers like Hotel Beds, for example, um, grew at a slower pace, um, reaching 35%. And in 2017, we had 30% here. GDS bookings are mostly driven by the large US chains. Um, So for other regions, the GDS is um, mostly below 5%. Um, then we have the zero bookings. Um, they have increased because of the large growth of Middle East hotel chains call center business. And for other regions, it remained at the two, 2017 levels. Offline shares have declined 
17 percentage points um, versus 2017 and total at 41 percent um, if you include GDS and zero. So there's definitely a shift visible. Yeah. Yeah. Jens, uh, what, what are your thoughts when you see these numbers and, and, and how does this reflect back towards uh, what you're seeing within your own environment and your business? Um, so, so, yeah, so you, you definitely see the, the shift, uh, the shift online. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the more interesting uh, comparison is really to look at the, at the, the brand web bookings versus OTA as, as, a, mm -hmm. uh, as, as a comparison only because the, the offline mix can depend on a lot of things, right? Like if, if there's a lot of group business in the market, it might go up or, or if there's a lot of, uh, a lot of corporate booking, it can go up. So, so, but mainly group business will, will determine that. But if you look really at the OTA versus, uh, versus brand web, it's good to see that brand web and direct is growing a little bit stronger so that that's of course positive um i'd say still i mean we i think we're all uh, that works on the hotel side are a little bit disappointed that we're not doing at least 50 50 right uh, i think that's probably what we're striving for <laughs> yes. I, I i i would assume that the big ones in here have have the big chains mm. obviously have have an a, a, a big advantage versus uh, versus the smaller chains uh, which 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 struggle uh, and I, but I think overall, what this has to do with with this is, of course, the investment that is being made, right? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, where does the cost line this? I mean, you you can have uh, chains like Premierin, for instance, which has a hundred percent brand web uh, contribution because they don't work with OTAs. But on mm -hmm. the other hand, uh, what's mm -hmm. the cost of that? Of having you know television commercials and 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 uh, and uh, paying for digital marketing to drive that direct? So. So uh, I think that there's a lot of factors that, that goes into it. And sometimes the, the, the contribution by itself uh, is hard to draw any, let's say, strong uh, uh, mm. conclusions on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Angelica, let's get your thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. When you see the split here, especially between IBE and, and OTAs, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts around that? Because I know we saw through the pandemic as well, direct uh, increase in direct Absolutely. bookings. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean... It, it, in that point of view, it was a good thing, we uh, could say, because uh, people that had booked us directly, it was a much easier way to communicate. It was much easier to move travel dates, uh, to cancel, or you, the, the guests realized that booking a hotel direct made it easier to amend their travel dates. The challenge with the OTA you know, they couldn't do that with us directly. They had to get to the OTA to do that. And that was more complicated. So I guess that assisted us to improve the, the, the share. Also, we had a lot of domestic travel. So domestically, yeah. we are better known. So for, mm. for people traveling within Germany, so we, had a, mm. we have a better, a, a stronger brand. Now, with the world being open and we see travel internationally, that's when the, the pickup of the OTA bookings uh, started again. Because, I mean, we are not maybe that well known in overseas in America or, or in Asia. So they do use the OTAs because they are a good, uh, well, a good website to search for hotels. So... Um, that my um, that for me in, um, explains the, the the slight increase because you you have mm. a, a stronger mm -hmm. international travel again. Mm -hmm. But we do try to focus, con I mean, on the IBE, and we'll really hope that guests see the benefit in booking directly. You have better conditions. You know, we try to be a bit better priced uh, than mm -hmm. the OTAs, and um, so if. If all hotels do that, so we might have a stronger way, or we, we can improve even further. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing a shift towards that for sure. We have a comment from Sasha Dalik. Sasha, great to see you here joining us. Thank you for taking the time. Um, more directed to you, Jens, as well from Sasha. He's saying that uh, obviously big chains do not always have the bigger impact on their IBE, but it's more a lever to work with the OTA. Uh, so, so interesting. Thanks for that comment. And we also have a question from Karina, Natalie Stegmeier, um, um, 
not really directed to anybody, so I'll just ask the panel uh, <laughs> overall. Was uh, CRO and brand.com also influenced by the pandemic with guests wanting to ensure they get the direct exchange with the hotel? Perhaps we'll uh, let uh, Angelica and Jens answer those questions. Um, so to come to the first, uh, I think definitely the there is a more flexibility for, for let's say, the, the smaller you are kind of in terms of brand uh, going all the way down to independent, the more flexibility you have on your own, let's say, booking engine, on your own website, the more agile you can be in changing things. And, uh, and everybody knows that works for a big brand and it's in a hotel that it's very difficult to influence anything really that's online in terms of brand web. So, so, I, I, so yes, I, I, uh, obviously that's... Uh, uh, that can also that can also be a negative to be with the brand, but on the other hand, you have the full marketing support of you know a chain like Hilton uh, uh, and the, the the brand awareness of the of the big brands, which which obviously will help. Uh, um, so I so I think there's there's of course different uh, there's different uh, benefits and drawbacks. I think of both uh, in terms of both flexibility and the, the strength of the brands. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good, and. Uh, uh... Angelica, would you like to comment on Karina's question? Um, I'm just reading it again, so to make sure I understood the question. Um, well, we don't have a CRO, well, as yet, so um, I'm not sure how to... Um, to... Um, maybe I can add in the meantime yeah, what, yeah. What, what we saw. So I think that... In the in the let's say really bad times, uh, <laughs> let's say when we were when there was twenty percent, fifteen percent occupancy in the market, yes, we could see a, a stronger contribution of CRO uh, and brand.com uh, because the, the level that was still there, let's say, was was the loyal travelers potentially, and 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 you you had this kind of uh, this this assumption that you you need to go directly to the hotel to get the latest info. Uh, so I think mm. that's that's one, but during the whole recovery um, period where we were somewhere in between that low and, and back to normal, I'd say I didn't, we generally didn't see a big change in the mix compared to what we saw before. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, I, what I'd like to just add also is that, uh, so overall, right, like w- when we compare 2022 to 2019, the, the last, let's say, normal year, uh, full year, uh, what we saw is that yes, there was a good, it was a good year from for, from an ADR perspective. I think everybody agrees on that. Uh, but it was a more expensive year in terms of distribution mm-hmm. cost. So distribution costs were really mm-hmm. higher with the new mix. Uh, and so so yes, celebration in terms of revenue, but sometimes maybe not as much in terms of the the, the actual net revenue. Yeah, interesting. Kristen and Frederica, would you like to also comment on that? I know from 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 my perspective, from people that I've spoken with, and uh, you know, from even other members of of Tech Talk Travel, we we definitely definitely see that um, Brand dot com has been influenced by the pandemic, with guests wanting yeah, more interaction for sure. Um, and I think it's that's been the main generator for the increase in in what we've seen as direct bookings. But also, I think as Angelica mentioned before. It's also been a, a, there's been more domestic travelers oh. coming through. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the domestic market definitely sees the value of that direct interaction, perhaps more so than someone yeah. from, from overseas or internationally. Absolutely. And I think um, also, I think when um, they canceled their bookings, many people prefer to actually call the hotels because then they had the confirmation directly, right? That um, yeah. the booking was canceled. Yeah. And maybe then that also helped in, in future bookings via calls um, because the, uh, they recognized that direct communication with the, with the hotels and, and not just. Yeah. Um, and the hotels yeah. are often more flexible. I mean, because exactly. it's our hotels, we can decide what we do with the booking. Via a third party, obviously they can't make that individual decision. Um, mm. and I, I, I'm pretty sure the guests did realize that mm-hmm. making a booking directly gives them more flexibility. And yeah. I mean, the, the, it was always like a close and open, a close and open. Um, so with the hotels directly be, being in contact with the guests, we, we were much 
better in the position to to communicate with the guests. Yeah, yeah. All right, very good. Before we move to the next slide, we've got one more question and comment from an old colleague and friend of mine, Mr. Kunal Bharti. Kunal, amazing, wonderful to see you here. Thanks for joining us. His question is, did indirect bookings go down, impacted small, oh, sorry, did the decrease of indirect bookings, no, let me start that again. Did indirect bookings going down impact smaller OTAs only or ones such as uh, booking.com as well? which obviously has a better customer service. Uh, that's an interesting question. I would hazard a guess and say uh, it affected everybody, but uh, yeah. I'd like to hear from the panel as well. Yeah. Angelica, what do you think? Yeah, yeah it was, um, uh, there was no um, differentiation between the kind of OTAs if a smaller or bigger, so they all went down. I mean, OTAs, we mentioned them now. I mean, if you look at Expedia for us being a German-based hotel chain, they obviously dropped much more than a booking.com because we mainly get overseas travel through Expedia. Um, but in general, all OTAs dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Jens, do you agree with that? You see you're nodding in your head, so I should. Very, uh, yeah, very geog geography and target market related, right? So, so yeah, when, when the recovery started and Expedia also came back nicely, mm. uh, yeah. the I would argue that the ones outside of Booking.com and Expedia potentially have struggled more. The, the really the local ones, if you have a, a local OTA that serves your sort of immediate uh, market, might mm. have done okay. But other small OTAs that maybe go for the mass market, they probably hurt even more. That would right. be my guess. Yeah. All right. Very good. Let's keep moving. Uh, let's talk about slide Four now, which is leading systems, um, and an interesting term here, one size fits all. Christine, why don't you uh, give us a breakdown of this one? Sure. So yeah, we the question was, um, where is the distribution management placed within a hotel chain's tech stack? And we had three um, different uh, answering options. Uh, so the first one was the PMS, being the central place for distribution management with an integrated channel manager. Um, the second one was the CRS with an integrated channel manager. And lastly, uh, a complete standalone channel manager that is not integrated at all. And it also goes back to your previous point that you made, Andre, uh, why everyone is having uh, a channel manager now. And I think it's just the terminology that, that has changed uh, all the CRSs now say that they have an integrated channel manager. So the hotel chains recognize that the, the channel manager is, is in place and is just a module of, of the CRS. Um, yeah, so that was the question. And um, depending on the hotel chain's strategic direction and their tech stack, um, tech stack setup uh, that uh, had an impact on the leading system for distribution. So. Uh, this is where it becomes interesting. In, in 2017, only 14% of both uh, property management system and channel managers combined were used as the lead distribution management. Uh, so that means in 2017, actually 86% of all the hotel chains used the CRS as their leading system. Yeah. However, uh, today, nearly 50% of the hotel chains rely on their PMS company um, and an integrated channel management solution to lead uh, the distribution. So yeah, definitely one size does not uh, fit all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? There seems to be, I don't know, maybe I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but there does seem to be a change here, a bit of a shift towards um, PMS channel manager solution as opposed to a standalone or a complete CRS product per se. Jens, what do you think when you see this? Um, yeah, it probably makes sense, right? Also, when you look at small chains, they they uh, they also have, uh, let's say, probably less of, uh, uh, let's say, lower, let's say, less distribution needs and can go with something more, you know, slim, like a channel manager with the PMS. Even some PMSs now will integrate for you, right, directly in, uh, yeah. uh, as mm -hmm. a channel manager. So, so I think that's... Uh, uh, th that's probably not surprising if you compare it to large chains, which, you know, many of them are even on like big legacy systems, right? And that, <laughs> that's not, that's not going to change anytime soon, right? So, so, uh, so I think, uh, 
the fact also that overall it moves more to PMS channel manager, I think it makes sense. Yeah, okay, very good. Um, all right, we have a question here from Stefan Aul. Stefan, great to have you joining us. Thank you. Um, his question is, how do you define a leading system? Uh, interesting question. Kristen, can I get you to perhaps comment? Yeah, sure. So um, the leading system, was, we, we define it as such as the leading system for distribution. Uh, there will be different leading systems uh, for, I don't know, um, all, all the other stuff that you do in, in a hotel, right? Uh, so there is a leading system for your profiles, a leading system for your distribution, for your finance, and so on. So we wanted to find out, okay, what is the leading system for your distribution? Uh, and that's uh, why we defined it as such. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree there is different uh, systems that, that play a, a more important role in, in other parts of, uh, of yeah. the... Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's the challenge when you look at each property or a hotel chain with the system landscape, you know, you need to find define which is system plays the major role and then mm -hmm. see how you can kind of build the other system around that. Yeah. Yeah. And Just I mean, coming... interfaces and integration definitely is, is the main thing, right? Uh, I mean, mm. yes, the PMS uh, obviously is involved in distribution as well because you, most of the hotels set up their rates and, and so on in the PMS. So um, that also plays a part. But uh, here we, we really looked at um, the, the uh, part of the system that is responsible for distributing out all the, the rates um, to the different distribution partners. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, we also had a question from Denise Pankarak uh, from the previous uh, slides, and I, I actually missed it. So my apologies, Denise, for, for, for that. Um, so just quickly coming back, because I, I, it's a good question, I'd like to maybe just touch back mm -hmm. on it. And her question was, are any of the hotels working directly with company loyalty programs uh, to get direct website traffic? So uh, perhaps Angelica or Jens, uh, do you do you guys work with loyalty programs to increase direct or and we, also uh... we we did work um, a few years back um, with was a loyalty program um, and it was an international uh, program. And because of the um, pandemic, we then kind of stopped it because we didn't get so much international travel anymore. And um, right. we're too small. We try to do our own kind of small loyalty program, but it's it's difficult. I, I yeah. haven't found yeah. yet a, a good solution that would fit our our company. Yeah, yeah. And I would dare say, I think uh, brands like uh, Marriott's Bonvoy, for example, is definitely yeah. something that they would uh, focus on to, to, to do that because um, the, the larger scale or at the top end of that scale, they definitely try to focus on increasing direct bookings through loyalty programs mm -hmm. because loyalty for them is, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so apologies for, for kind of taking a step back on that one, but it was, uh, I think, a question worth bringing in. One point that I wanted to bring up regarding the slide before we move on as well is um, the, the second point here about nine in 10 large change use CRS solutions, which we're seeing hasn't changed and I don't think will change. But what I think is very interesting is this, this increase by uh, PMSs and channel managers who are picking up that, that gap, if you like, for the next rung down or the next tier down. And I would perhaps hazard a guess to say maybe in the next five, perhaps even 10 years, we might start to see that um, maybe even encroach more and more into a, a larger scale as well. Um, so I think that the, 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 the landscape of CRS, channel manager, PMS, all of these products, I think it's going to be a very interesting elevation mm -hmm. or dynamic mm -hmm. between the three of them to see how they evolve. Um, so if we have any um, anyone from a PMS company or from a CRS who is actually tuning in and listening, if you'd like to leave us a comment or your thoughts on that, I'd, I'd be very interested to hear from you as well. So please, uh, please leave us a comment if you if you if you have any there. Okay, so let's move on to slide five. Um, now, this is a good one as well. I think two in ten are considering to replace their CRS. Frederica, would you like to perhaps uh, give us a bit of a breakdown of this one? 
Yeah, you, you already touched it a bit. So um, that the distribution landscape and the system landscape is um, changing over the time. And that's why we asked the hotel chains about their plans for the next three years. And um, we found out that on, while on average two in 10 hotel chains consider replacing their CRS, um, small chains have a clear distribution strategy in mind. So out of the 17 small chains, 10 replied to replace their CRS over the next three years. Um, and mostly um, this was expressed by the Middle East and APEC regions. And when we then ask what systems would be considered as alternatives to the CRS, um, hotel chains mentioned different systems. So um, this channel manager was named most often, followed by the PMSs, um, integration hub middleware and other systems. So there are plans, but it's, um, it de again depends on regions and the size of the hotel chains. Right, right. Um, Jens, let's get your thoughts on this, because again, I, 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 I think this is very interesting. Um, yes. And as I said before, over the next uh, maybe five to 10 years, I think we might start to see more and more uh, considering this option, you know, mm. not only just replacing the CRSs, but replacing them with, with different options. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think the survey also here reflects because I think it, it's going in that direction. Uh, but I think the survey also reflects the complexity of that, right? Mm. Like I discussed, we discussed in, in the previous slide. Uh, so if you're a really a large chain and, and you're sitting on something that's that's been in place for a really long time, uh, and, and that has that is, let's say, uh, uber complicated and, and, and complex, uh, it, it's, of course, not an easy uh, question to say, yes, we're just going to replace it. So, so I think that's uh, that's one thing. Maybe it's more about adapting what you have, uh, mm -hmm. more on than actually replacing it. Uh, and also, mm -hmm. there you see like the more the flexibility of the smaller the chain, uh, the smaller the chain is in a way. The the mm -hmm. bigger the possibilities to to, to mm -hmm. you know change to the newest thing on the market. And that's obviously if you're a, a smaller player, you you that's how you can can also stand out, right? And and I think um, the integration level plays a very important role. So you can of course decide to replace the CRS, but then it at the end it needs to fit, yeah. fit together again. Yeah. So the integration um, needs to be there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of improvement. I mean, the, the technology has developed so quickly and um, you have much more possibilities now than like five years ago. I mean, there have yeah, new right. players, there are other connectivities out there now. Uh, which allows you to adapt much easier than in, in the past. Yeah, that's very true. I think we are definitely seeing uh, the, 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 the levels of, of advancement and um, mm -hmm. opportunities mm -hmm. for uh, smaller uh, hotels and chains to, to really get the access to systems that are very robust, that are being as powerful and, and, and as strong as being used by the, the global chains, I think is very telling. And I think it's only going to continue to, to happen. Um, what, what I find interesting as well is that, um, and, and, and it may have been avoided in completely, perhaps, Kristen, you can give us a... a uh, some more information on this, but things like open distribution and, and blockchain, were, were they ever brought into the conversation? Because I think um, this is, again, we're talking about changing of systems and and, and thinking of, 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 of doing things in different ways. And I, and I know these these words have been used for some time, but I, I have a tendency to feel that open distribution might be something that is going to get, again, more traction in the future as we move forward, what do you think? And was there a reason why, um, or perhaps it was, and it's just not reflected in the results, was there a reason why it wasn't brought into the survey? Um, interesting point, definitely. Um, we, we'll see a slide later on where we uh, talk about distribution trends. Um, and actually, uh, blockchain, as an example, was one mm. of the trends that the hotels uh, considered the most important innovation that's going to happen over the next three to five years. However, uh, during the interviews and when we when we talked about this question uh, about uh, replacing the CRS, 
uh, none of those topics uh, came up. We, we had some of the hotels saying other systems. Um, I think they, they had in mind like a, uh, an RMS for distribution, being able to better distribute your, um, your rooms, um, depending on profits and so on via the different distribution channels. So involving more BI into, uh, into the CRS and, and the distribution uh, technology in itself. However, um, yeah, open distribution was, was not mentioned here. Um, okay. Uh, too okay, much, but, but but is apparently on the minds for for many hotel chains as we saw in in, in the innovation yeah. question. Yeah. Okay, very good. Before we move to the next slide, we've got two more questions. First one from Yulia Pim Pimanova uh, from Radisson Blue in Australia, so uh, my hometown or my, my country. Yulia, <laughs> lovely, lovely that you're joining us from down under. Thank you. And her question is. What is the main or was the main reason small hotels are considering to change their CRS? Um, I wanted to mention I, what Angelica was saying was definitely more flexibility. And also, uh, I think PMS change plays a big role uh, because more and more hotel chains, especially smaller hotel chains, with the pandemic, they were thinking about, okay, do I, I need to move to the cloud? Um, and, and do I need more flexibility in, in how I am able to manage my hotel? And then when you start thinking about a PMS change, you then come across the integration and how you actually want to maybe change your distribution because the, the, the newer PMSs offer, um, and I mean, all the legacy PMSs now in the cloud also offer, offer that possibility. So I think that's one of the, the main things that actually impacts um, smaller hotel chains also looking at that in particular. Okay, very good. And we have another question from Mario Clemente Cejudo. Uh, Mario's question is, what are your thoughts about total revenue management? Uh, Jens, can I perhaps direct that one towards yourself? Yes, absolutely. So, um, well, so I I'm passionate about net revenue and net rev par, uh, and I think the direction of total revenue is, is where it's all leading, right? Or even total net revenue um, with, with distribution cost and managing uh, your, your cost of acquisition. Uh, so I think uh, it, it just, it's the kind of obvious way to go if you're, especially if you're really looking at a, a big property with, uh, with big ancillary revenues, big meeting revenues, how can we continue to optimize our, uh, our revenue streams without taking into account total. Uh, even, so if we go and, and if we're really going down and being granular enough to look at distribution cost, uh, we have to take into account total revenue. So, so I think that that is the direction. Will it uh, be mainstream in, in uh, one year or three years or five? That, that's, that's another question. Okay, very good. Thank you. We also have a comment from Henry Dikarundhus. Uh, he says that the emergence of well-documented APIs will definitely accelerate the development of new solutions in the industry's distribution landscape, allowing hotels to quickly implement new solutions and create a more effective, efficient and cost-effective distribution landscape and rethink the functions of CRS, PMS and channel managers. And I couldn't agree with you more, Henry. Uh, absolutely. I think most of us uh, on this panel would agree with that statement. Uh, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. We are coming up to 50 minutes. So let's uh, get to our um, slide six, where we're talking about system cost and uh, how it's uh, a leap to a key criteria. So, uh, Kristen, why don't you talk us through this one a little bit? Yeah. So the question was here, and um, what are the main uh, factors that influence um, the uh, selection criteria when choosing a new distribution system. So uh, we compared this to 2017, uh, our findings from 2017 as well. So uh, the level of support and consulting services and uh, overall costs are the key um, decision driving factors uh, today. And uh, compared to the 2017 study, uh, costs and affordable integration options massively increased by 45 percentage points. And um, yeah, that also uh, uh, probably is influenced by Corona crisis and the challenging uh, economic situation at the moment. Um, 
Integrated payment solutions also represent a decision-driving factor for almost half of the uh, hotel chains. And uh, on the contrary, influence on the vendor's product development and acquiring all the tech from one particular provider is less important um, than in 2017. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting one as well. We're starting to see how that that's changing, and I think that might be as again coming back to the the uh, improvements of of uh, inter interoperability between systems mm -hmm. and how that's getting better. Generally, uh, we still have a long way to go, but we've definitely come <laughs> a long way in the last five years. So I think uh, that could be a reason. Uh, Jens, what do you think? I, I see you shaking, uh, nodding your head in approval. So what, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say so, so the, the integration part, right? Like mm -hmm. even so, so cost, of course, and consulting services, it, it, definitely. But I, from from the experience I have, if, if you're really changing your distribution system and if you're, let's say, uh, going from somewhere, you're established and you got all this complicated, uh, all this complicated landscape with uh, connectivity to to booking agents, to process management, to CRMs. To, I mean, there, there's, uh, I think we calculated for, for a single property that there was 45 integrations in place, okay. uh, which, uh, and, and so I think the, the idea to not have integration of the new system as a, as a key criteria, I mean, it, it, it's going to be. So, so it's going to be the first to see, okay, what do you integrate of what I have? Uh, if you start from scratch, of course, that's great. Then, then you can maybe take a different approach and start looking at different things and build around it. But if you do have, you're not interested, I think, as a hotel to replace all your entire landscape. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, so I think integration is, is really key. Mm -hmm. um, Angelica, what are your thoughts? Well, I if I would continue where you left. So if you are a new property and you start fresh, I would definitely look at, um, you know, like best of breed, you know, you take the provider in, in, a, in the area, what is the best one? Let's say you take the best out of the channel manager, you take the best out of the IBEs, you take the best of the PMS. So if you have that luxury, you can pick the individual systems. Obviously, always looking at if they can integrate, but um, that gives you more flexibility. You know, when when there is a let's say there's a new uh, solution out there in regards to a channel manager, you can maybe easier switch just one system. That rather when you have a system that gives you all solution, you may then have to change the entire system. Um, so maybe also more flexible if you have individual providers in regards to length of a, of a contract you might be more flexible there you you know have shorter um period contract periods um but then so that might be a reason um and yes the, the cost is i think that's well, it may be the the word of two, 2023, you know, cost, cost, <laughs> cost. Um, uh, you have to really look at it twice. Is it necessary? And maybe focus on the really important part and which um, we have mentioned earlier. I think the, the way into the cloud will be uh, something that will be the main focus for the next year or so. You know, going away from the server-based installation pro in a in a pro single property and see how yeah. you can move. Yes, absolutely. I think the transition from from traditional legacy systems mm -hmm. to, to uh, above property cloud-based solutions are um, again, it's been something that's been spoken about for for many many years now, mm -hmm. and and I think uh, we're seeing the industry really see the value as, uh, of those, especially because of the pandemic. And I think that also uh, <laughs> showed a lot of people the value of being able to have the flexibility of systems and to have the right core systems in place where you can then add and and remove whatever you might need based on the business demands and the business needs. So I think that's um, very, very important. Um, Kristen, is there anything else that you'd like to cover on this slide before we uh, move forward? Or Frederica, is there anything else that you'd like to bring into this uh, topic? We just talked about integration again, and it's of course here as well with 67% among the top three of um, key 
um, decision driving factors. So it is important. This is one mm. of the um, key criteria. Yeah, I think another important point as well is coming back to the legacy options is the, the, the commercial models that are available for hotels to be able to, to, to use. If there's more com flexible commercial models to them, then it's going to be easier for them to be able to make certain decisions around how they want to apply technology as well. And we're seeing those that come into play through cloud-based solutions because they can basically pick and choose from a marketplace as pay-as-you-go type of service mm -hmm. and pay-for-what-you-use type of thing. So it's a very different type of um, commercial structure that is better uh, supporting the hotels as well. And it's easier to swap, you know, when you're in, in let's Correct. say, in the cloud-based environment to change the system is much easier than if you have a server-based installation, which is much more yeah. tricky to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a, a lot of pastor onboarding and trial basis yeah. as well, because yep. Um, yep. you don't need exactly. to property. Yeah. Yep. All right. Very good. Then mm -hmm. let's continue to the next slide, which is innovation areas with growth potential. Aha, the word blockchain is the first <laughs> one I see. <laughs> so, Frederica, would you like to, to give us a rundown of this slide? Sure. Yeah. This was one of our last questions. Um, about innovation in the in the distribution area. So hotel chains were asked to select from the listed innovation areas and drag and drop them by priority order. So as you can see, blockchain, 5G and augmented reality rank in the first places. Um, interestingly, depending on the chain size, the innovation area priorities differ a lot. For example, the sustainable focus is important for almost half of the large chains, um, while only about 30% of the mid-sized and small chains voted for this topic. And 50% of the mid-sized chains see 5G as an enabler technology, while only 30% of the small chains mention that. All chains expect that blockchain technology will be an innovation area in the next two years. Um, so I'm really interested in your um, input from the hoteliers, hoteliers side. And regionally, opinions also vary strongly. For example, almost 70% regard Metaverse as important in the Americas, versus only 17% in the Middle East. Um, so I find this very interesting um, because blockchain, metaverse, these are some buzzwords, I think, uh, in the last uh, month and years. So, yeah, what do you think? Can you, do you agree? Well, um, I really tried to get my head around blockchain for a few years now, um, but I think, well, from my perspective, it's too a long, much more longer way to get there. I don't consider this in the next two years. I think we have other areas where we need to catch up first before we do that step to blockchain. For me, that's far, I mean, much more far away. Um, you know, just make the move first into the cloud and get things right. Um, but maybe blockchain will help us with the cloud. Uh, I think there needs to be much. I mean, it needs to be clearer. I mean, for me, at least. I I, I guess that of these, the list of these, some are probably more uh, happening right now, and some are maybe more of uh, mm -hmm. the uh, the outlook, right? I think. I mean, for for some for people like us that care about distribution, uh, understanding the potential of like a blockchain technology. I mean, it, it's revolutionary. It could be, right? Uh, what what we wait for is, you know, we, we want to see it kind of in action and, and for something that's, you know, uh, that that uh, to have a, a live example for our industry, right? Where this mm -hmm. actually works. And, and uh, uh, it will probably be a few brave players that will kind of go out there and try it. And, and uh, uh, I think it's definitely going to happen. Uh, because I think the 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 complexity of the 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 landscape for hotels uh, is so uh, means that it's kind of a priority I think for this kind of product it it, it will fit perfectly to to solve a lot of problems for us. Um, but in terms of like what's actually happening, I think you know if you look at Chatbot's voice bot, which is on the bottom, I think that's something that like they we've seen getting much better. I mean we we know what's been happening in the last couple of months also with chat gpt and so forth this is going to get 
a lot better, right? So I think, uh, and it might not be what we call innovation now because it's already been around, but the innovation mm. maybe is within the existing technology that it gets so much better that now uh, we can really talk about, you know, outsourcing all our telephone calls to a uh, assistant, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, mm. which we wouldn't do maybe two years ago. Yeah, and I, I think what also impacted uh, the answer here was maybe most or some of the hotel chains, depending on the size, of course, have tried out uh, voice and chatbots already. So they don't see it as, as innovation, uh, maybe right. as such anymore, as you mentioned. Right, right. right. Uh, that's a good point, Kristen. Um, I, I'm still very, very interested by the results here that the blockchain kind of topped the 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 list on this mm -hmm. in terms of um of results because again it's been it's spoken about for a number of years and we haven't really been able to see how the industry can move towards it in a way that that fits or that best suits the industry in that sense so i think we still have a long way to go from my perspective i think the next two are very interesting the staff shortages and the 5g i i, I see them perhaps being even more influential over the next few years because just as with everything robotics and, and ai driven solutions are becoming really the the norm in many ways so i think that's something that um is very interesting and i i see the um augmented reality and virtual reality as well as something so that for me that makes sense mm. 5g and staff short the the robotics around the, the staff shortages all of that makes sense and i think uh how that moves in the next few years is going to be very interesting but blockchain as i mentioned when we had our pre-call around this i find that a very interesting very interesting result jens what, what do you think about the blockchain because i'm i'm it surprises me yeah i mean like i also said when, when we were chatting i think uh, it's kind of people hear about the potential and they're excited about it they don't really understand like how it exactly it's going to work but if you, if you just consider you know like i mentioned before with all the interfaces that we have uh, and and with all the channel connections and and uh, and our rates and pricing showing up all over the place and you have no idea how it ended up there more like blockchain what it promises is more ease of, of of these kind of linkages and also more transparency right so so that's yeah. the i think is the exciting part and and yes. uh, um well there's no doubt there's ex it's exciting and, the, and there's opportunity but i think what we've what we've lacked so far is is someone to 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 show how it can be best applied yeah, yeah that's, absolutely that's really what i think has been lacking. yeah all yeah. right very good then i think the final slide. Let's talk about uh, the people that, that supported H2C in providing this report. Uh, Kristen, would you like to just touch on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we just wanted, again, at the end here, to give a shout out to all of our sponsors that made the study possible. So, uh, again, thank you very much for sponsoring the study. And we really appreciate it. And uh, so thank you again. Um, also wanted to, to mention that we are uh, currently preparing our public report of the study. Uh, so that will include some of the slides that we showed here and also some, some further insights uh, that will be shared. So we're looking at launching this report at the uh, beginning of February. So we will announce that via LinkedIn. Uh, so make sure to follow us there and then you can download the report via, via our website as well. Excellent. Yeah. And I'd also like to just make a, a shout out to these companies as well, because obviously without support from industry, these types of uh, reports and this information is, uh, is uh, not so easy to come by. So it's uh, very, very much appreciated. Okay. Well, guys, we have maxed our time. We've gone <laughs> over our time, uh, which doesn't surprise me because it's, uh, it was really a very interesting conversation. Uh, conversation and the results from the report I thought was very, very interesting as well. So, um, yeah, I, I really, uh, everyone appreciate you all for, for being here and for taking the time to, to, to tune in and to watch us. And Kristen and Frederica, as always, thank you guys. You guys do amazing work. And um, I think the report is, is an indication of that. And not just this report, but all of your reports historically is an indication of that. Angelica and Jens, uh, wonderful to have you guys joining us as well. It's always great to hear from people on the ground, if you like, who are dealing with this on a daily basis and, and actually working with these systems. So um, thank you both for taking the time uh, to, to join us today. We really appreciate it.
Pleasure to join you. And I'll also just make one final comment that uh, the input for uh, HTC's annual research on global hospitality tech, they're doing a brainstorming session for the next study uh, for the topic for this year. So uh, Leah will throw the links into the comment section again. So please uh, go to that link and give us some feedback and provide information and comments on on that so that that will help uh, the team at H2C really uh, target uh, a report that's best suited for, for what your needs are and for the industry overall. Right. Now, Thank I you. think, guys, we can <laughs> uh, wrap it up there. I don't know. Kristen, Frederica, any final comments from you? No, yeah, again, just exactly. Thank you. Thank you for having us um, again. And uh, we look forward to be here again next year, maybe <laughs> with the findings of the of the of the 2023 report. So, uh, no, Absolutely. thank you, Andre. Thank you, okay. Angelica and, and Jens for for taking the time and being with us here today. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, guys. And all you watching. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a lovely day, evening, wherever you might be. We'll see you again soon. Exactly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.